Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. And a good Saturday morning to you. And if you've got some weekend plans in the great outdoors, get her done today. The earlier the better. Going to be a tale of two days this weekend. Tomorrow going to be much, much different. I uh, got some fog and some warm temperatures for this time of the year out there today, but that is all going to be changing. We'll get into a lot more of that when we get to our Coastal Marine forecast. Main focus of the program today, we're going to recap this week's Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting. A lot of important issues were discussed, like uh, new redfish regulations that will be sent to the legislature to see if they can get those approved. Also, there was a pretty interesting pogey economic impact study done and a report was made on that pretty interesting stuff we'll tell you about that and if you're a freshwater fisherman you go after those crappie white perch sockele all the names for that fish uh some pretty interesting updated data from the biologist uh maxwell and we'll give you some information on that and if you use a live scope some pretty very interesting information on that also uh we're going to talk a little bit about the makeup of that louisiana department of wildlife and fisheries commission uh, and the personality of some of the people on there. And, and tell you a little story about one commissioner who, I don't know, I think several of them were, were poor choices for the governor to put on there. One of them in particular expressed some outrage uh, at some public comments that were made at the end of the meeting. I think he was out of line. I'll tell you about that. Of course, we have our regular field reporters, marina operators, professional fishermen, giving you reports to help you try to find them. And uh, duck season, well, how was your first split? We got the second split reopening. Uh, text us. Our text line is 504-260-1870. And how do you prepare your ducks? What's your favorite recipe? And we're going to talk to a guy that just wrote a book called Waterfowl Cuisine from Field to Table. And if you get tired of using the same old duck recipe uh, week after week, Duck after duck, goose after goose. He has got a treasure chest of some very unique and informational uh, recipes from all across the world, really. And uh, his name is Mark Merchant. And unfortunately, he was going to be in the duck blind this morning, but a a positive COVID test put him on the sidelines. But anyway, he's going to have some time to talk to us about his new book, how you can get it and maybe get a Christmas gift for a duck hunter on your shopping list. Bad boys of the outdoors, you know we got them. Two greedy deer hunters. Not only were they greedy, they were pretty sloppy, too. We'll tell you about that case. And, of course, the Coastal Marine forecast. If you're going to be headed out today, I'm told there's a lot of fog out there on the water. Be cautious of that. Uh, Today, the temperatures are going to be in the high 70s. But tomorrow, the lows will be in the very low 40s. Drastic temperature change. 
big front coming across the Gulf Coast later tonight. But today you're looking at south winds 5 to 10, some south-southeast, uh, 2 to 3-foot seas if you're headed offshore. That's certainly fishable. Tomorrow, not so much, 4 to 7-foot seas. The northwest wind will shift around, will be 25 to 30 knots. On the interior lakes and bays, south winds 5 to 10. That's light and beautiful. A little light chop out there. Good conditions today to fish until that front starts approaching and those winds increase and make that switch to the northwest. They will be 25 to 30 in some rough conditions. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a small craft advisory pop up later tonight and tomorrow. Not so much problem for duck hunters, but certainly for fishermen. Tide range, almost a foot, 0.9. Mississippi River sitting very low for this time of the year, 2.1, holding steady. That will be changing in the not-too-distant future. So there it is. Stage is set. Uh, glad you're with us. If you got a question, comment, report for us, text it, 504-260-1870. And we come back from this very first break. Robbie Campo down at Shell Beach. Campo's Marina joins us for a full report. And you're listening to it all right here on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, and on these pre-front days, uh, the two things you need to be concerned with when the temperature gets up and it gets a little muggy and thick is fog and gnats. And Shell Beach has uh, a lot of both of them on occasion. Let's talk to Robbie Campo and check out the conditions there. Robbie, what's it look like for fishermen that want to get in before that window shuts later? Well, you know, Don, when I got here this morning at the 4 o'clock hour, um, uh, it was pretty clear. But now the fog is setting in. I... I'm standing on my dock. I can't hardly see the Kiwi Trail across the lot. Yeah, it's it's settling in. Um, <clears throat> it's getting pretty thick down here. Um, you know, through through Miro, Shelmet Miro, Violet. Um, you know that runs right along that river. It was pretty heavy there. 
Um, and as you got down a four lane, it kind of cleared up. But I just had someone call. I mean, and I was like, no, the fellow's not bad. We were sitting inside. And <laughs> I said, oh, he's going to think a lot to him. Correction. I mean, correction on that. Correction, <laughs> yes. It just, it, it's coming through now. You could barely, could barely see the end of the road, um, the street light on the end of the road. Take your time coming down here. Um, it's going to be foggy, it looks like, for a minute. So take your time coming down here. You don't have to be early. We're going to have a better tide range than we had for the last two last two days. Um, but nevertheless, Don, you're going to have gnats today. For my ladies that like to come fishing, cover up. Do not come in short pants. Today is the perfect recipe for gnats and mosquitoes. Uh, and I don't want you being miserable out there when you don't have to be. So cover up. Put leggings on, wear pants, do something. Don't short pants is out today. Um, Don, as far as fishing goes, it's been, you know, people calling, hey, where's the fish biting? Right now in this fall set where we are right now, if you can't catch fish in any one of your favorite spots, you need to go golfing. I'm telling you, it's been it's been that good. Um, from Shellmet, uh, from Wall and Shellmet and the ICW, coming down to Shell Beach here has been it's just been great. Um, Lake Bourne on the eastern shoreline's been good uh, when you could get to it, but it's been really it's been really good from Jankies. Duluth Canal's been good. Uh, you know, down going Marlow Sioux, uh, going around the lake, all the way to Pedro, all the way to Bayou Biloxi has been good. Up in that central interior marsh or Biloxi Marsh, um, we've seen a lot of mixed boxes come out of there this week with a lot of sheephead, a lot of puppy drums, a few trout. Um, the last couple of days, we didn't see as much trout because we had this neat tide thing going on. But today, I think the tide's going to be a little bit stronger. We should have a good tide range today. Um, so, and if you switch over and you go on a, on the Hopedale side, back of uh, you know Lake Amida, Lake Amity, uh, Grand Lagoon, you want to go fish on the Delaco side. It doesn't matter where you're going, where you want to go. If you can't catch fish now, you need to hang it up because I'm telling you, it's been that good. So is the live bait necessary to either find them or catch them, or is it strictly either either your choice, the plastic well, or the live? Well, you know, uh, I, I got people that, that prefer to use plastic this time of the year, and I, and I always tell them, and not because I'm trying to sell it, I say, man, look, take it for an insurance policy. Take your 40 or 50 just in case they don't bite, because they don't bite plastic every day, Don. You know, it's, it's one of those things. We have the tanks full. We, we're ready for you to buy them. Um, but I'm not pushing it. I'm saying it's because a lot of people want to fish plastic this time of the year. But not every day plastic works. You know what I mean? So I've seen it where you could go out there and not and the guy next to you who's got a lot of shrimp catches fish, and the guy who has plastic catches none. So, But then I've also seen it, the, the, you know, where, they, where they're neck and neck. So, I mean, it's. It, you know, it's either or. I would I would have some in the boat just in case they don't want to bite them, you know, bite uh, plastic. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's 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 50-50 at this time of the year. You know, you, you're either going to do it or they're not going to do it. So, uh, you know, with that said, 
I got tanks full. So if you want some, come on down, hook the left at the bridge, come on down and see us here at Campos. We got it. Tiwi's trail is open. The biscuits are hot. So all we need is you. <laughs> Just but bring a knife to cut through here. the fog. Yeah, right. Especially. Exactly. And then, uh, it is TC, take your time. It is TC thick. Yeah, take your time. Come on down here and and let the, you know, I, I would say I'd wait for daylight to even get here. Uh, you know, you don't have to be in a hurry, that's for sure. Great advice, great advice. Robbie, thanks yeah. for the report as always, uh, keeping people aware of what's going on as they head on down to the St. Bernard area. We really appreciate it, and we will catch up with you next week. Yes, sir. Talk to you next Saturday. All right, bye-bye. All right, there he goes, Robbie Campo, Shell Beach. All right, got a few text messages coming in here. Let's see, we got uh, Morning Don with the new trout regs and proposed redfish limits. What is the effect on the inside charter guys? I've heard from some friends that they're talking about limiting their group to charter the close rigs as some of the guys on the radio show. Well, uh, any guides that happen to be listening there that uh, may be changing their plans due to that new 15 fish limit in the slot where you can only keep two over 20, I think that's the problem when you're fishing those close-in rigs. And particularly out in Breton Sound, the tendency is to catch uh, several big fish. It's not the typical little marsh trout that you're catching. So being able to only keep two over 20, perhaps they're going to change and not go out to those areas quite so much. What are your thoughts? 504-260-1870. We come back. we got a freshwater fishing report for you. And I'm also going to talk to Jeff Brule about the use of a live scope. I have fished with it a couple of times, and it was mentioned in Thursday's Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting when they gave an update on the status of crappie in Louisiana. Very interesting stuff. Back to share it with you here on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color, starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And our bass and freshwater fishing report with Jeff Brule is brought to you by Pure Fishing, the distributors of DuraBraid. That's that 25% tougher than conventional braided line. You can get it in moss green anywhere from 6-pound to 80-pound test. DuraBraid backs up its claim as the toughest braided line in fishing, produces even stronger knots and unequaled shock absorbency, 
DuraBraid by Pure Fishing. Check it out. Jeff joins us now. And, Jeff, it seems like that little uh, refresher course and homework on brim in the wintertime we gave you, that assignment, kind of paid off for you, repeaked your interest. Uh, tell us about your little trip. Yeah, I had fun doing it. Uh, <clears throat> made a trip last week to the Pearl and had a blast catching brim and goggle on a beetle spin. I caught five of them, probably caught about 50 altogether, just constant action. <clears throat> the Pearl River laydowns were loaded with brims. So that, that's one tactic that we used. Uh, but the water was still gin clear over there on the Pearl. I think we're going to have to get the river up above 10 feet again on the Pearl River gauge to, to muddy it up a little bit, get it back to normal. But we caught bass, and although they were small, they, they were just on the drop-offs. You just let the beetle spin fall out of sight once you pulled it off the bank, and uh, we caught some of them too. And uh, I would caught, you know, cast across the laydowns and hit some of the drains, and uh, just caught brim everywhere. Uh, but with the cold water, you know, the bass were deep. Uh, I had to use a shaky head with a Berkeley straight tail power bait worm, and uh, that was in about. 10 to 12 feet of water. And I got a few nice bites doing that. But, uh, again, that the, the water's so clear on the bank, you, you're not going to catch anything right up against the bank because you can see six to eight foot on the pearl. It's just amazing how clear it is. Jeff, you mentioned brim, and that's kind of a collective name. Uh, was it uh, bluegill? Was it goggle eye? Was it the lake runner chinkapin? A mix of all of them. We didn't catch any chinkapin this time, and we didn't catch any uh, white perch. But they're all the – the bluegill, and then you, we catch a goggle eye every once in a while. The, the goggle eye is more around cypress trees and stumps, and sometimes at the base of the tree, up, up where it drops off. Uh, but just if you got on the main river and you saw a big old dead pine tree, you just threw around it from one end to the other. It didn't really matter what part of it. They were just small brim to big hand-sized eating brim. So it, it, was, it was fun. Nice stuff, and uh, that information you're given not only applies to the Pearl, but a lot of those rivers that uh, are in the Florida parishes under the same conditions. Now, you also caught a few of those white perch up on the Chifuncta. How did that go, and how did you catch them? Yeah, I, I caught a few. The river is kind of a bright, sunny day, and uh, bluebird, it was kind of tough, but the fish were deep. And usually this time of year, the white perch, they start stacking up deep. Uh, depending on where, what body of water you're on, like Toledo Bend, they might be 20, 30 feet down. But on the Chifunca, I was up on the northern end around uh, the interstate. Uh, they're, they're about 12 to 16 feet. Uh, but the reports have been good on the area. You know, I've seen some stuff online where you know, the, the fish are catching, some of the guys are catching 10, 20 nice white perch a trip. But you kind of kind of use your electronics, get down and find those deeper spots with some cover on the bottom and, and use that probably shiners best bet, but you can't catch them on artificial, but you just have to kind of move around. And that's pretty much true of all the North shore rivers. The white perch go deep this time of year and they'll start moving shallow probably about the end of January or February. Jeff, a place we don't talk a whole lot about is False River. Now, people that go back to bass fishing in Louisiana a couple decades might remember False River was one of our trophy and quality lakes, but uh, due to some, I would call it mismanagement, we're trying to use it to drain water and use it more as a water uh, level structure than a, than a fishery, uh, kind of caused it some problems. But uh, it's still not a bad place to fish. Tell us about False River. Yeah, it's just a tough place to fish. Uh, you have to kind of get out the pattern on the place. Uh, 
you just have to figure it out. And what you do, it can be fun. This time of year, you, you try to use suspended jerk baits around do- docks and things like that. And then if you can find some brush piles on the bottom, you use jigs or worms to work through that. But it's, you know, some days it's a hunt and peck, and the next day, you know, you can get into some spots and catch several, you know, fish off one brush pile area. Uh, but some of them are nice at four to six pound range. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good place to go try if you want to kind of um, do something different. And it's pretty close to Baton Rouge, good alternative rather than going, you know, to the basin. Uh, but it's just one of those many oxbows up and down the river that uh, you can go try, and there's plenty of good fish on it. Uh, Jeff, uh, I was at the Wildlife and Fishery Commission meeting this week, and uh, they gave a one of the biologists gave a report the status of the population of of white perch, crappie, if you prefer to call them that, and some interesting things. He he said that uh, most of the fish that are caught are less than three years old. They're between eight and twelve inches is a, a, a huge number of them that are caught. <clears throat> There's two point eight percent of the fishermen that catch a full. 25 limit where it is 25 rather than 50. Uh, 23% of the people they surveyed catch at least one. But the most interesting thing he gave was some information on the live scope. And I know you've used it. I've fished with it a couple of times. Here's where their findings of people who use a live scope. They catch larger fish. They catch more fish, a lot more, twice as many as the average fisherman without it. Now, they said that the certainty of how productive the live scope is is a little bit uncertain because there's other factors. People who have a live scope tend to, tend to be better fishermen anyway, spend more time on the water, so they're not sure to what degree it increases the odds. But uh, I didn't hear any inklings about banning them or anything like that. But uh, Given these statistics, uh, if enough people start using them, we might see some, some talk about that anyway. What's your experience with yeah, live scope? I think it's pretty much the same as having a side imaging or a down imaging. I think the, the main thing it tells me is if I pull up to a spot that I normally fish, you know, even for years that I know that there's going to be fish there, uh, I can use the live scope or even side imaging to uh, see if there's any fish there. So it, it helps you eliminate places where there's not fish more than it helps you find places where there are. And, and it, it's I've used side imaging for years to just idle down a bank to find where the tops are or stumps or things like that. And you know, sometimes you see a group of fish, you go back and catch them. It is a little bit better because the live scope is that it's giving you an instant reading on it. So you you can you can see the lure go down, you can see the fish come out of the cover and hit the bait and stuff. So I think over time, if they they find that it's you know, detrimental to the fish and that, um, you know, maybe something they can think about. Um, but, you know, sometimes when a genie pops out of the bottle, it's hard to get them back in. These guys <laughs> you know, fish it all right. the time. They use it. They love it. One thing that I did not hear mentioned, which I've seen and you've probably seen it too, is even though it does, I'll concede, it gives you an advantage on finding the fish, a big advantage because you're looking right at them. But that doesn't make them bite. And a lot of times fishermen waste time, valuable fishing time, Work in a school that's not ready to bite because you can wiggle that bait right past their nose and they'll just sit there sometimes. They just won't hit. So it doesn't make them bite, and, and it can work against you sometimes if you continue to stay on those fish when they're not feeding. Yeah, I've done that before. I've been with guys, and I've done it myself. We, you know, you see them under a dock, and you say, they got to bite, they got to bite something. You keep changing your lure, trying different tactics, and 
they just don't bite. And they, you know, it's not the time of day or the right tide or something. And, and you you better off just making a few casts and moving on. But it's hard to leave them when you know they're there and they can't get them to bite. Right. Interesting stuff. Jeff, thanks for the report as always, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, Tom. All right, there he goes, Jeff Brule, our freshwater and bass field reporter. Coming back after this, going to recap what went on at the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting. Besides white perch, there was also discussion about pogies, redfish, and believe it or not, water snakes. Back with all of that right after this time out on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, we love to get text messages here from our audience. They tell us who they are, where they are. They got questions, comments, and reports. I like uh, this one from Big E in Thibodeau. He says, when using a gold spoon for redfish, is it best to let it hit bottom and then start jerking or cast and reel after a slight drop? Uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> Actually, I use both of those. Now, here's my theory on it. If a redfish is moving and I see him moving, I will throw it in front of him and cast and reel with just a slight drop. If I see a redfish sitting on the bank and he's stopped, I'll throw it out in front of him, let it hit the bottom, sit for a second, then start it and start jerking it back in. I'll ask some of the other fishermen that we talked to and see what they think about that. But thanks for that interesting question, Big E. Uh, we got Captain Robin checking in. Uh, he wants to know why does the second split for ducks in the west zone open on a Monday instead of a weekend? Chomping at the bit. Uh, Captain Robin, the only thing I can tell you is uh, they need to get a seven-day rest period between splits, and if they would close it on a Sunday, they like to have it on weekends, and then reopen it the following Saturday, that would only be five days and maybe wouldn't be enough to give the ducks a rest. That's just my initial thoughts, but uh, that's not a biological answer for you. All right, we're going to take a quick 10-second pause. When we come back, I'm going to talk about the new proposed redfish regulations that came out of the commission meeting this week, if you haven't heard them. We'll do that right after we let our local stations identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, well, the best science uh, by a Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries biologist says that we have a problem with redfish that needs to be rectified by reducing the catch. And there's several ways to achieve that. Uh, the first way that was submitted to the Oversight Committee in the legislature by the commission acting on information from the biologist was soundly rejected, said go back to the drawing board. Well, they've been back to the drawing board. Uh, Commissioner Joe McPherson made a motion to reduce the redfish from five to three fish per person per day, uh, keep the current, uh, actually make it an 18, raise it on the bottom end, 18 to 27-inch slot, and no fish can be kept over that 27, whereas the current regulations allow you to keep one and any charter guides and captains and deckhands would not be able to keep their personal limit when they're on a paid charter trip. So that's where it stands now. Uh, they filed what's called the Notice of Intent. It goes before the Senate Natural Resources Committee. Uh, they'll take testimony, questioning, and then they will either stamp it or they will reject it or they will do nothing. If they do nothing or approve it, then it becomes new regulation law. Uh, it would not happen until after the first of the year. More than likely, if this is passed, would be probably toward the latter part of the spring. So we'll keep an eye on that. What do you think about it? Would you be happy with that or not? 18 to 27-inch slot, three-fish limit, and none over the 27-inch. All right, they also talked about pogies, the Menhaden. You know, we've been talking a lot about that on this show. Uh, one of the things that's really sticking in the craw of a uh, recreational fishermen along the Gulf Coast and 
they made they did a what was called a uh, <clears throat> a economic impact statement. You know, they're proposing new regulations. We talked to David Cresson. In fact, we'll have him on again next week to talk about where we are with these regulations and establishing a further buffer to keep them further offshore. Well, they came up with, uh, I'm going to call it voodoo economics, on how much they would lose if, in fact, that happened. And we come back from this break, I'll share that discussion with you. And also, we're going to take a look at the, the personalities uh, in the makeup of our Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission. All that's coming up. And more fishing reports. Daryl Carpenter is going to be with us with a report on the Grand Isle. All that's still to come. Stick around. Be with us here on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, a couple other things went on at this week's Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting, and uh, one deals with the menhaden industry, or pogies. Uh, they hired a professional economist to do a study, an economic impact study, that if the current notice of intent that has been filed to change the buffer zone to extend it further out off of the Louisiana coast for the menhaden industry, what would be the impact economic-wise? They came back and went into a long, detailed, I thought probably very boring informational segment on how they came about doing it. And what they arrived at was a 15% decrease in the economic impact. In other words, there would be 15% loss if they did make this change. Now, I thought I was the only one that noticed it, but uh, Commissioner Joe McPherson, who I think has probably been the best commissioner to sit on there for for quite a while, although he's leaving. This was his last commission meeting, I think, or maybe he's got one more. Uh, These guys are appointed by the governor. Uh, He came up with a term that he's familiar with in making assessments and impacts called indeterminate which means it really isn't calculable. And the reason I say agreed with him on this is they didn't account for harvest adjustments. In other words, they're not going to be able to fish a half or a quarter mile from the beach, but they still catch them a mile or two or three miles out. So there's going to be some, by by concentrating their efforts in a different place, the boats are still there. And as far as the amount of people who would lose jobs, they may have to hire more people because they may have to fish harder to, to reach the same goals, the harvest goals. But he didn't even put that into his economic impact. And, again, I, I'm assuming the state paid for it with state funding, paid for this study because the commissioners wanted to know. They, the industry keeps saying we're going to lose a lot of money, we're going to lose jobs, it's going to be very costly. Well, he came back and said 15% is going to be lost, which is a considerable chunk. But he didn't do any accounting of the boats moving further out, what they would still continue to catch there by fishing longer and harder would maybe to reduce that very considerably. So that word interdeterminate, I think, is the key. So basically, bottom line, well, I don't think we learned anything about the economic impact. You'll know a lot more when it, if, in fact, it gets passed and it goes into effect. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was one issue, and this was kind of a minor issue, and I wasn't going to bring it up, but there was some new proposed regulations regarding reptiles and amphibians, uh, deal with collectors and recreational and different species and invasives. And one of the things in there uh, would have prevented something that goes on in Lake Providence, Louisiana. And I was unaware of this. Maybe you've heard about it. Maybe you haven't. It's a water snake roundup, also known as a kill radio, rodeo is when the group goes out there on a weekend or a specific time 
and they just indiscriminately kill as many water snakes as they can find. And one of the commissioners uh, wanted to make an amendment to where they could continue to do that because that's pretty much where he's from. And he said, if I have to go back to my constituents and tell them they can't kill their water snakes, uh, I'm not going to be very popular. They're going to be happy with me. So I want to, and well, of course, the other commissioners denied it. But what took place after that was really interesting. Uh, there was, there's always a public comment period. And a few people got up, and, and I had to agree with them. You know, they, they, they chastised them for saying, you know, why would we have something like that in, in 2023? Uh, water snakes are native species. They certainly fit in. You may not like snakes. You may not like water snakes. But they're part of our, our environment, and they have a place there. And for someone who's in the position of setting policy to properly manage and conserve our natural resources, to be in support of just indiscriminately going out and killing as many of, of a harmless species as you can, is shameful. And he was told so by some of the public. And there was a, a young lady who was the last one to comment, and I forget what organization she represents. Her name is Christina Trapani, and she said this is a ridiculous and unnecessary event. Well, he came on her and said that he was highly insulted and he was outraged that he would be described as ridiculous. Well, she didn't say he was ridiculous. She said the event was ridiculous and unnecessary. And I agree with her. Christina, I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, you know, owe no apology because she apologized if he mistook what she said. You were right on target. Anyone who is in that position, sitting on a board, setting protection and conservation and management policies for wildlife and fishery resources to condone that type of an event is shameful. I mean, I understand silver carp eradication, feral hogs, nutria. Uh, we've got quite a list now. Pythons, uh, lionfish, these invasive species that harm the others in the environment. Yeah, that needs control. But to just go out and kill as many harmless water snakes as you can on, a, on an event, that's shameful, Mr. Andy Brister. By the way, I hope the governor, Landry, and we're going to try to get him to come on the show one weekend and kind of tell us his plans for managing wildlife and fisheries and what he'll do with the department, any changes he might make. I would certainly hope he makes better appointments than the ones that we have there now. With a very few exceptions, uh, these people don't know how to conduct a meeting. They don't know how to behave in a meeting. And this one in particular, this Andy Brister, uh, he tends to do his research during the meetings. He asks a lot of questions because he's clueless on a lot of issues. And rather than researching it during the week, knowing what the issues are that's going to be discussed and even voted on, he takes time in the meeting to ask a bunch of questions and find things out. That is irresponsible. Anyway, hopefully we'll get the, most of these commissioners. They've been appointed. Uh, the only one leaving soon is... Joe McPherson, and he's the best one. Uh, the rest of them uh, go to 2026, 2025, 2028, 2027. Uh, Al Sinceri goes to January of next year, so he's kind of a short time or two. And we'll see who they are replaced with by the new Governor Landry. All right, we come back after this. Daryl Carpenter joins us. Hey, comments on our commission, the meeting, what we've been talking about? They are welcome, 504-260-1870. We're back right after this pause. 
on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, and I have a question to start off our conversation with Captain Darrell Carpenter, who covers the Grand Isle area for us. Uh, Darrell, we had an interesting uh, uh, comment that came in. Someone wanted to know when you throw in a silver spoon, do you throw it out, let it sit, twitch it, and then reel it in, or do you reel and let it slightly drop and then cast it in? What's your preference? Well, well, Don, you know, I, I heard the question when it, when it got asked earlier in the show, and it, for me, it kind of would all depend on what bottom I'm fishing to, um, you know, because a lot of times when I go to using a gold spoon, I'm further up north toward Lafitte with a lot of grass. So if if I'm in a big grassy area, I'm not going to let it. Number one, the fish usually aren't on the bottom. They're up in the grass. And if if it's real thick in the grass, I'm not going to let that spoon go all the way down to the bottom. And even though they're, for the most part, weedless, take the chance of getting it all fouled up. I'm going to keep it a little higher in the water column. Um, same thing with oysters. If I'm fishing an area that's heavy, heavy in oysters, I'm going to try to keep it off of the bottom. But uh, So I would say the majority of the time I keep mine swimming or at least keep it suspended. But there, I could definitely see occasion, especially when the fish are slower and the bite's slower, where you'd want to let it sit and then just every now and then give it that twitch and look for that reaction bite. Yep, good answer, depending on the environment. Uh, Daryl, um, any fog down there this morning that people need to be aware of headed down Highway 1? Uh, I, I can't tell you about the drive down, but I can tell you Grand Isle's good and clear, uh, which is typically how it is for us. Uh, when we get fog, a lot of times it's that sea fog, but a lot of times you'll get 10, 12 miles up in that marsh and it turns into pea soup. So on the island itself, if you're there, it's good and clear, which, you know, you'll know, you'll wake up and see. Now, getting there, I can't tell you. Darrell, uh, we've been in a, a few weeks now of the new speckled trout uh, management regulations where they've raised it up to 13 inches. And there's been some pretty good fishing down there. So how has that been received? Has it become problematic? Are people having a re- complaining about releasing a lot more fish? Or how is it going? Well, the problem is, Don, we hadn't been releasing a whole lot of fish. We've been bumping that 20, you know, we've been bumping that 18 to 20-inch fish bracket, which, you know, this time of the year, it's really strange on Grand Isle, and everybody's got its own little microenvironment. But... This time of the year, we find we get we get the more conservation-minded fishermen. We get that person that would rather fish plastic. We get a lot of these out-of-town folks that when they, you know, if they get the 15 fish, that's fine. I mean, they're okay with it. It's when we get into that summertime that I think we're going to have a, an issue, a problem. Um, you know, my last trip, we were limited out an hour and a half. And they were all nice, big fish. But I had the right customer. He asked one time about, hey, what are we going to do? Are we going to go look for redfish? We had pending storm clouds to the north. Like I told him, if I run to the north, I'm running right into the storm. You know, so he was more like, we're okay. You know, let's, let's go back. Mom will be happy to see us back early. But when we <laughs> get into that summertime, I can see us having to adjust how we fish. Because when we get into that, you know, Grand Isle's known for that early spring bite, known for that early summer bite. And when you get into the month of May and you're going to be sitting at 30, 45 fish at, you know, 730 in the morning, then you've got to find something else to do. And a lot of times with us, we've got to travel to go find the redfish that time of the year. So there's going to be some adjustments. I, 
I think we're going to adjust where we fish uh, for the business side of it because we can't be burning half a tank of gas every day. And um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yep. Well, they may be turning sights to sheephead, which, you know, winters, it's a better wintertime fish than summer, but that's an alternative for people that are fishing for food and maybe some puppy drum, too. They'll, you can find some extra fish and fill that box up. Now, uh, gift certificates. We're getting pretty close to Christmas time. Uh, gift certificates to go on a charter trip are excellent because you, one size fits all. You don't have to have any special details. Everything's provided, and they can pick the day they want to go. So how do they get a gift certificate from realscreamers.com? Well, with us, you just call. Uh, I don't have anything set up on the website to do it electronically. Um, it just never made that move for some reason. But we like the personal touch. So you can call, and we can discuss it. We can discuss, you know, how many people you're going to have on a boat, what what you think their expectations are, so we can make some notes. And other than that, we just simply email the, the purchaser a gift certificate. They can print it out. And... Uh, you know, I mean, you, you give it as you see fit, whether it be under the tree, whether it be at the Christmas party, you know, whatever. But we do sell a few of them every year, and it's always something that is, is you know, very it's appreciated. A great, it's a great what I've gift. Seen. That... Yes, yeah. sir. All right, 225-937-6288, or text me, and I'll send you that number. Thank you, Daryl. Catch you next week. We're back right after this. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home. Home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.